Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. All right, y'all, welcome to episode five of the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. Today we cover our top three tight ends, tight end breakouts, tight end busts, and our tight end sleepers. So what's up, Greg? How's it going today, man? Doing all right today, as well as always, you know, we continuing that strong momentum from the wide receivers. Really fun podcast. Let's get to this tight ends. Let's, uh, let's finish strong for get these guys ready for their drafts. Oh, yeah, man. Um, tight end position, it's, it's one that, um, you know, everybody uh, has a little bit of hesitancy on how to handle it. Um, do you draft a tight end high? Do you draft a tight end? Do you wait to draft a tight end? Do you, do you try to get one of those mid-level tight ends? Um, so, yeah, it's, we understand it's one of those positions that um, it's tough to evaluate, but that's what we're here for, fantasy football diagnostics. We got you, man. Um, so let's start with our tight end one. It's it's easy. It's, it's general consensus. Uh, it's Travis Kelsey, man. So, Greg, go ahead. Tell him why, man. Yeah, Travis Kelsey, he's just a great player, all-around guy. Um, he moves like a wide receiver at his position uh, for a tight end. Has great celebration moves as well. Uh, it just, you know, makes sense. Again, talk about how Tyreek Hill is a top three receiver, and we talk about how Travis Kelsey is a top three tight end, and this is all correlated back to Pat Mahomes, who's the number one quarterback in fantasy. So Travis Kelsey is going to have another stud year, um, and he's going to help out mad teams this year. Oh yeah, the celebrations they be lit. Yeah. The, um, the, yeah, this dude is so swagged. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I love, I love it, bro. I really do. Um, but, again, Travis Kelsey on the field. He led all tight ends last year with a 26.6% target share. Um, he was second in, in yardage with 1,336 1, yards. It's like wide receiver level production right there. Um, he was second in touchdowns with 10, second in receptions among tight ends um, with 100. I think it was over 107. I don't have the number here in front of me. But um, this is, again, second year in this offense with Pat Mahomes, with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback, right? He's got Andy Reid as his play caller. Um, you know, this guy is an absolute stud. There's a reason why his nickname is Zeus. This, this dude is just a bona fide tight end one. He is the bona fide tight end one. With, with no Rob Gronkowski in the fantasy landscape this year, uh, this guy, without a shadow of a doubt, the number one overall tight end. Yeah, and he played 15 games last year. He's he's durable. He's he's there for you when you need him. Um, he's been playing, you know, consistently 15 and 16 games every year. Uh, that's that's what you want for a fantasy guy, uh, you know, availability at first. Yeah, and then um, you know, even to that, even to you know, back to the Patrick Mahomes point. Um, last year, Travis Kelsey was still getting accustomed to playing with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Um, and still getting accustomed, you know, after all those years of playing with Alex Smith, um, you know, he he had to get used to. The, the, the style of play that Patrick Mahomes played with, the, the amount of zip that he threw on the ball. Um, and, and that still led to 1,336 yards uh, and 10 touchdowns, and him being second in the all tight ends in the first. Ridiculous. So imagine what they get the chemistry. Yeah, I know, down, I know. Right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, that's, that's an easy one. Um, and, and number two, just as easy for me, um, is Zach Ertz. Uh, you know, he, he was tied for second last year among tight ends with a 26.4% target share. He was third in yardage with 1,163 yards, 
third in touchdowns with eight. He was first in receptions with 116. And this year, he's getting Carson Wentz for a full season. Um, so, like, barring injury, I don't see any way that Zach Ertz doesn't finish as a top two tight end. Yeah, Zach Ertz, another stud tight end um, right there with Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned he had 116 receptions last year. That's, you know, top wide receiver numbers right there as well. Um, he's just going to – he had a, also 156 targets. So that's that's a really high number as well. Um, he's he's, he's going to be solid. And, you know, uh, I think the Eagles want to incorporate Dallas Goddard more. They keep talking about trying to get him involved more. But uh, still Zach Ertz's offense and barring injury, uh, he's the guy. Yeah, I mean, Dallas Goddard's stuff is, is interesting because, um, you know, I, I think if we're talking if we're talking dynasty, I mean, because, you know, you know, let's be honest, no one's going to draft Dallas Goddard. Um, you know, maybe if you play in a tight end premium league or, you know, you play some tight ends, you might draft Dallas Goddard. Um, but, you know, he's going the 19th tight end drafted. Um, there are only being there are only nineteen tight ends being with with ADP right now, and he's number nineteen. So, um, but you know, back to that point, right? Like, if anything were to ever happen to Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard is not. Yeah, just <laughs> like, saying that he, like, he actually could be better than Zach Ertz, like. Yeah, and um, so if anything were to ever happen to um, to Zach Ertz, uh, Dallas Goddard would would be. Added player on the waiver wire that week, you know, um, and, and you know, this guy's an absolute stud too as well. As well. He's six five, almost two hundred and sixty pounds. The Eagles love him as a blocker. Um, I would actually, so you know, again, like I said, if if you're in a dynasty league, um, you know, uh, if you could try to somehow persuade the Dallas Goddard owner to let him go. Um, you know, it, it, it would it could probably be worth it if you had the assets to give up because um, you know Zach Ertz I think has I'm not sure how much time, how much he has left on his contract uh, I think the Eagles can get out of it after this year though so um, if if that's the case then there's, there's a possibility that that you know they, they move on from Zach Ertz and that um, Dallas Goddard. Will, will then fill the role as, as the top tight end of this offense. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's he's a freak of a nature athlete as well as tight end. Um, the Eagles have made a lot of good choices with their draft picks in the last couple of years. So, yeah. Yeah, and uh, back to the Zach Ertz contract situation, they have a potential out for 2020. Word. So um, they, they could get out of the deal after this contract. Um, it's, it's definitely possible. Uh, they would save – uh, can't quite see how much money they would save. They have to scratch this out, but they can get out of the deal out of this out of this contract. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. So, um, all right, Greg. So it looks like you and I we disagree on tight end three, but I mean, I I, I think I understand your point here. Um, so, I mean, I, I I know that the general consensus is. You know, Zach, uh, Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, and George Kittle is as the top tight end in fantasy. OJ Howard is he's going off the board as tight end four. Um, you know, I have George Kittle as my number three tight end. Um, I actually had OJ Howard. I, would, I, would, I wanted to put him here on here as a breakout, but uh, I, I, 
couldn't justify doing that considering you know how how high he's going now and um he's already going off the board as tight end four so yeah, but yeah, Greg, you go ahead, take the floor, man. Talk about talk about uh, you know Alabama rolling tide, roll tide, uh, crimson tide, tight end, OJ no, roll tide, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, even if you talk about maybe he could be a bat, like a breakout, like if you look at the production of like as tight end four, five, and lower compared to the top three, like that's such a huge drop off. So it could be like someone lower than four or five as a considered a breakout. Um, but for O.J. Howard, you know, again, 30% of those targets are gone. No D-Jax, no Adam Humphreys out that Bucks offense. Uh, you just got to expect him to take a step in the target number. And I would lead to that to be, you know, lead to that to good things for him. Um, Bruce Arians helping him out just to develop him more. Uh, and his third year in the league, he's a very talented guy. Anyone that goes to that Alabama, it's a five-star recruit, so, you know, they're ready to – uh, the NFL right away, so yeah. Yeah, OJ Howard is such a stud, yeah. man. He's such a stud. Um, I remember this guy was coming out. He he, he was getting top ten talk <laughs> at the time. Um, almost unheard of for a tight end in, in twenty seventeen to uh, talk to potentially go in the top ten, but um, he was he was getting he was getting that love. He ended up going 19th overall, which is, which is still really high for a tight end. Um, but if you if you look if you just if you just look at the man, you'd understand why he's 6'6", 250 pounds. Um, this guy ran four five at the at the combine in the 40 yard dash with a six eight five <laughs> three cone. Um, that's that's almost like wide receiver like three cone right there at six six two hundred and fifty pounds. So the athleticism on this dude is just crazy. Um, and you know, every year again, I was going to put him as my breakout. Um, and it just, it didn't even like just doing it didn't feel right just because a, how high this, this guy is going in, in drafts. Um, and also be like, OJ Howard has been a breakout for two years yeah. now. You know, I feel like we've been trying, we've been paying OJ Howard as a breakout. Unfortunately, injuries have, have gotten in the way, um, you know, he's been cannibalized by Cam, Cameron, Cameron Brait, um, who also played tight end position for the Tampa Bay Bucks and has been productive over the last few seasons. So, um, I mean, like you said, Bruce Arians, uh, there's targets available. Uh, this guy's a stud when he's healthy. He's a freak athlete. You know, are there enough targets to go around? People ask, you know, Bruce Arians hasn't really used a tight end. You know, as Bruce Arians had, had had a tight end like OJ Howard, right? So you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of unknowns here, and I think that's kind of why. Um, in the, I mean, I just I just don't. I've never found myself in a position in drafts or in any of the mocks I've been doing to take tight ends early. Um, I've, I've never really done that outside of uh, Gronk a few times, but um, you know, like I in the fifth round. Like, you know, I'm not I just I personally can't can't do it um, just because I'd, I'd rather target other players at different positions, you know, running back or wide receiver. Um, but this is a guy that averaged seven point four yard air yards per target last year. That led that number led all tight ends that had over 20 receptions. And he had five touchdowns last year, on only 34 catches. Um, and just to mind you, Cameron Bray had six touchdowns on, on 30 catches. So 
if, if you if there's a if you could imagine a world where he might steal some of those red zone targets or the red zone opportunities away from Cameron Brate as he becomes more of the focal point of his offense as he he looks to play 16 games for the first time in his career. Um, I, I think the I think the, the arrow is pointing up. Yeah, for sure. Um, and either one, I think you know that third tight end spot. Uh, you can't really go wrong after the top two, Kittle and OJ Howard. I guess you know, vice versa. Yeah, I mean, again, OJ Howard. You know, I know I, know I touched on the seven point four yard air, air, air yards per target. This is a guy that in his career, each of the last two seasons, he's averaged sixteen point six receptions uh, yards per reception. Yes, yeah, that's, that's a solid number. So he's he's a deep threat. He's working the middle of the field. He's he's opening things up for for Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin and all the, the other players around him. So uh, yeah, you can't go wrong with OJ Howard. Uh, but I still have to disagree with you, George Kittle. He's my number three guy. You know, this is a guy. Again, he I said before Zach Ertz tied for second with twenty six point four percent target share. Well, he tied with George Kittle for that twenty six point four percent target share. Um, you know, he was first in yardage with 1,377 yards. That's actually an NFL record by a tight end, which was previously held by um, Rob Gronkowski, which was then broken by Travis Kelsey, who then held it for all of 10 minutes before <laughs> George Kittle <laughs> then broke it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, you know, that's – Astonishing number right there, almost 1,400 yards receiving from the tight end position. And he did that on, on 88 catches, right? So, um, you know, he's, 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 he was getting uh, targets down the field, right? Uh, this is the guy. But, again, he was he had five receiving touchdowns, which is kind of low um, when you consider the, the fact that he had almost 1,400 yards. Um, and so maybe there's you would hope that maybe there's some uh, some positive regression coming his way, um, but yeah, I, I mean the offense should be better this year with, with Jimmy G, your sleeper at quarterback. Last year he did most of this with with Nick Mullins and um, I forgot who was the other, oh C.J. Beathard they had for a little yeah. bit. Um, so that's who he did most of that with. Uh, so yeah. I, yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta, gotta go back to George Kittle on this one. Yeah, uh, I think it's a very solid choice. You know, 49ers, uh, sleeper team in that NFC, so I expect a lot of people to be having an, their name highlighted with Marquis Goodwin, with uh, Dante Pettis. Like, yeah, someone's gonna step up. Yeah, I mean, he's going back almost. Him and Zach Ertz are going back to back. Three nine versus three yeah. ten. So they're, they're you know back to back in in. Draft um, OJ Howard going around later. Um, you know, when you consider the price, you know, I'll, yeah, I'll have to, you know, I'll, I'll probably lean towards OJ Howard versus a guy like George Kittle. Um, but, you know, as we saw from George Kittle, we saw what he's capable of 26% target share. That's wide receiver esque. Yeah. Um, and, and so. I think that when you pay when you pay that third round price that late third round price that's kind of what you're paying for. All right, Greg. So um, you know, like I said, I was gonna pick OJ Howard as my as my breakout, um, but I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> Instead, uh, I'm gonna go with Hunter Henry. 
Um, at Hunter Henry, this one's just it's, it's kind of easy for me. I just comes down to opportunity. Uh, you know, like we kind of touched on in the wide receiver pod, uh, how the pres the, the lack of Zeke's presence um, should open up opportunities for pass catchers in, in Dallas. Um, I, I have that same train of thought with Melvin Gordon. Uh, if he's out, that offense just functions differently. Um, you know, all the attentions right now is going to Austin Eckler, it's going to Justin Jackson. Uh, but I think we have to uh, bump up these Los Angeles Chargers uh, pass catchers as well, right? Keenan Allen gets a bump. Mike Williams definitely gets a bump, in my opinion. Um, and I don't think Hunter Henry is, is any different in this situation. And even if you look at his 2017 season, um, we played 14 games, but if you take that out to 16, it's 51 catches for 662 yards and 4.8 touchdowns, which doesn't sound like a lot, right? But um, that would have made him tight end 10 last year in half point PPR. Um, and that's this was in 2017, um, his his second year, his second year in the league, um, and you know. Hunter Henry was seen as a breakout last year, this time. Um, you know, but this time last year, he tore his ACL. And so this guy is one year fully removed from the ACL. He's going in the in round six as, as the tight end six. Um, I think that's fair value considering the prospect that he is, the, the offense that he's in, and the opportunity that he's going to have um, replacing Antonio Gates as the, as the go-to tight end, as Philip Rivers' go-to guy. Um, especially down in the red zone. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I really, I really expect Hunter Henry to have, to have a really big game. Yeah, welcome back, Hunter Henry. Um, I remember this time last year, he was a hot breakout pick. Um, I think, did you have him on your dynasty team or you had just traded for him or something like that? I was, I, I was, I was trying for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was, he was a nice buy low target because he had the torn ACL and, you had a roster. If you had a roster spot, it would have been a savvy move to make. But no, he's he was definitely a good target. He's someone you could still target because people, you know, they might forget about him. You know, it's been so long since he's played. Um, it's been so long since he's gone in dynasty drafts that people might not um, might forget the, the talent that he was. But um, he was a guy that I know that I was um, I was looking to take at the top of the at the. Uh, at the at the top of the second round in, in dynasty drafts, when I had the opportunity, uh, yeah, he he's he was. I just remember him being a stud coming out. Yeah, it's a pretty good pick. Um, just to go off that, my sleeper, I'm gonna go with Vance McDonald this breakout? year. Breakout, actually. Um, <laughs> going to head. So my sleep, uh, breakout this year, Vance McDonald from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, no Jesse James this year. I just think this situation comes down to opportunity. Uh, and he's just going to be in a, still a solid offense. I think, you know, even with the absence of AB, they'll still be a solid offense, and a lot of those targets now can shift over to guys like Vance McDonald. So it comes down to opportunity for me. Um, he'll be there. It's, Vance McDonald still have one of the craziest plays of last year with that stiff arm to, um, uh, I think, a Bucks cornerback to end his season uh, with that torn ACL. Yeah. Chris. Chris Conti, yeah, bro. Con- oh, RIP, man. <laughs> RIP. Oh, man. That was one of the plays of the year. So he definitely is a strong guy, um, talented. Uh, I like to see this. Yeah, that's a that's a great point with AB. AB being out, there's, there's definitely targets available. Um, you know, Jesse James being gone, 
you know, there's not many guys in this offense that that, that Ben Roethlisberger has thrown a lot of footballs to now. Um, so if you if you you look at you know Vance McDonald, he's I think Vance McDonald's been in the league now six years, so he's he's definitely one of the most experienced receivers that he has on his team. Um, and, and you know he's a he's a really good athlete at the tight end position. Um, he's six four. 267. He ran 469 uh, back, you know, the pre draft process. So this is a really good athlete. He just could never really put it all quite together uh, in his four years in San Francisco. Um, but, you know, I, I think we've seen flashes and glimpses of, of what he was capable of in this, in this, in this Steelers offense. Um, and, you know, last year he had 50 catches for 610 yards and four touchdowns in 15 games. Um, so he was really productive. And, you know, this year now with the targets being available, like you said, um, no Jesse James. I, yeah, I think that this is going to be a good year for, for Vance McDonald. He's going off the board in the seventh round at the end of the seventh round, a tight end eight. So, um, yeah, I think he could slide into that top six range for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, I think he's going to be a good player, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing with this tight end position, right, is it's like if you're not going to get one of those top guys, then we end up looking for guys that, that end up with um, – that are in good situations, whether through offense or um, opportunity, or guys that are, you know, looking to break out, or, um, you know, guys that are young and maybe we're on different teams. Like Trey Burton's a good example. He was someone that was, you know, stuck behind a good tight end in Zach Ertz for so long, and then, um, you know, he got an opportunity as a starter, and he was immediately drafted last year. Um, so yeah, I mean, as we look towards the tight end position, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of crap poop. Um, but, yeah, you know, for sure. Greg, like you alluded to before, the difference between like tight end six and tight end seventeen is, is very like marginal. Yeah, I know, I know. So. So all of these guys are going to be crapshoots, um, and and honestly, like if I can't get it, if I can't get one of the studs, like I'm completely fine just just waiting and, and playing and just streaming year out. Yeah, you, you're you're gonna be frustrated. You're gonna have those weeks where you're gonna be like, why did I even want a tight end on a team? That's why you know you're gonna have to just draft a strong team around that that late tight end you want to take. Um, if you're not gonna get a guy around like the top the top five, so. Yeah, just be smart with your roster yeah. construction. Yeah, please be smart with your roster construction. Um, you know, try to try to get these guys. Uh, you know, if you're gonna get one of these these early guy round guys, then do that. If you're not, then try to get one of these later round guys. But please, please, in the seventh round, do not draft Eric. You guys. <laughs> and that's our bus. Um, yeah. Greg and I have the same guy as our bus. Um, Eric Ebron, he scored 14 touchdowns last year. I don't even know how many games he did it in. I don't care how many games he did it in. Eric Ebron's not gonna he's not gonna score 14 touchdowns again. Um, he did most of that uh, in the absence of Jack Doyle, who is healthy this year and is gonna be playing, so he's not even the starting tight end on this team. Um yeah, I, I don't know, man. I Greg, what, what do you got? Yeah, on it's just too many weapons. We talked about all those weapons Andrew Luck had when we had him in our top three quarterbacks. Well, I did at least. Uh, Naeem Hines, Marlon Mack, Jack Doyle, 
T.Y. Hilton, Devin Funches, Paris Campbell, all guys that are going to get touches. It's a lot of mops to feed, and Ebron's not going to get nowhere close to that 14 touchdown mark. Yeah, I, I think regression is coming for sure. Um, and yeah, it's just, just it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be really really hard. Um, I mean, Eric Ebron had had 14 touchdowns on 21 red zone targets. That's insane. That's that's. <laughs> That reminds me of like the Tyreek Hill run that like his first year or something like that. It was a it's a crazy rate. And uh, yeah, so I this is this is this is just not repeatable. Yeah, um, it's it's not liar of the season. Um, I think Eric Ebron in his NFL career <laughs> is uh, prior to last season. So last season he had fourteen total touchdowns because thirteen were actually receiving touchdowns. I forgot that he had that one. Rushing touchdown, <laughs> but prior to last season, uh, in the four seasons combined in Detroit, Eric Ebron had eleven. Had eleven receiving. Yeah, so right there. he yeah he pretty much he beat his his uh, career total in one season in, in Indianapolis on sixty six catches. So um, yeah, <laughs> that's 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 that. I got I got no other data to back it up. No other science to back it up. And it's, Regression. Yeah, sometimes we'll it's, yeah, it's as simple as that, though, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Okay, don't want to overthink this no. one. Um, all right, Greg, let's jump right to the sleepers, man. Uh, tell us what you got, man. I, I, I want to know this one. Um, yeah, I got one really on my mind. Um, don't really have a lot. I'm going to go with Jared Cook this year, you know? Um, he had 101 targets last year. 101 targets. So he did that on the Oakland Raiders. Um, Oakland Raiders didn't have a very good passing uh, attack last year. Uh, and you put this guy on one of the best offenses in the NFL on the Saints. No Kobe Fleener. It's Jared Cook time. Uh, if you told me he can get close to 100 targets in a Drew Brees offense, please sign me up all day. So I'm going to take Jared Cook. Yeah, uh, Jared Cook is interesting to me because I see the price and I'm like, oh, that's not bad, yeah. you know. And then – I'm like, oh, Saints offense, like that's a good look. And then I just can't hit drop. <laughs> I just I can't I can't push the button. I just I can't because <laughs> I, when I think of Jared Cook, I just I there's so many things that come to mind. Whether it's you know the the the, the inconsistencies, right? Like there was the 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 Green Bay flop. Remember that? Oh man. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. For, sure. for people that don't know, uh, this happened before. Jared Cook uh, had a, somewhat of a breakout season. He was seen as someone with untapped potential that was just, uh, you know, that was just lost in, 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 in bad offenses. And he went to Green Bay and where, where we all thought that, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, we were going to see this you know, this tight end that we've never seen before and we were going to get production like we've never seen before. Well, you know what that led to? That led to 10, 10 games <laughs> played, five starts, 30 catches, 377 yards, and one touchdown. Hey, man, that was two years ago. Let's play with Aaron Rodgers, man. I don't, so, like, um, you know, we've seen this, we've seen this, we've seen this story on, on the Jared Cook side. But then I think about the, 
the Drew Brees and the Orleans Saints stuff. Like, we've seen it there too. You you brought him up. You brought up. I did. Before, I did bring up Coach Wayne. Right. And Coach, like, all right, you gonna make me do it? Coach Wayne. Lab here. At Fantasy football diagnostics always. Oh yeah, always in the lab. Always, always crushing those mm-hmm. numbers. Looking at that data. <laughs> um. So yeah, Kobe Finner in his first year there in 16 games, 50, 50 catches, 631 yards, three touchdowns. So again, not that's not bad. That's a pretty good year. Yeah, for a tight end. So the, the following year, 11 games, 22 catches, 295 yards, <laughs> two touchdowns. So it's like, which Jared Cook are we going to get? And which Saints tight end offensive production are we going to get? And it's like, those are just, those are plenty variables. Um, you know, I'd rather do the, I'd, I'd I'd rather go ahead and, and get get me some Vance McDonald's at the same price, right? Like like if I'm sitting there in that range in that price range, yeah, um, definitely. You know, I'm 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 doing what I can to get Vance McDonald's, so I don't have to draft Terry. Right, right, right. Um, but you know what? Again, like we said before, this is all a crapshoot. Um, when when you draft similar to what we said about the running back position, when you're drafting Jared Cook at this at this seventh round ADP, you're you're going for upside. You're not going for the safe tight end. Um, if I can get my tight end, basically the way I look at my tight end position, if I don't have one of the top guys, if I don't have a stud, um, if 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 I can put a tight end in my in my lineup that's going to get me, you know, 50, 50, like fifty receiving yards, right? I don't even. I don't need the catches. I don't need the touchdowns. Just give me 50 receiving yards. If you catch me, the, so basically it gives me five points, right, in a half-point PPM. Mm-hmm. If you catch the touchdown, then, well, guess what? Now I have 11 points, and guess what? I'm happy. Yeah. So so honestly, like, I'm not looking for much from my tight end position. If I end up with the Travis Kelsey's or Zach Ertz or, or Kittle, my thing is, is I try to get those guys the year before they become those guys, right? So – I'm trying to find the breakouts before they break out, um, so that next, so that I don't have to pay the price that that they come with the following. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, Jared Cook, that's that's not bad. You could do def, you could definitely do worse. Um, but I, I would just say, like again, this offense is going to run through uh, Michael Thomas. It's going to run through Alvin Kamara. Um, I just don't know how much is going to be left on the plate for Jericho. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at, at this point, uh, there's definitely some high or low to high risks about for all these tight ends after the fifth one. Um, but yeah, I, I think if it correlates to his last two seasons where he had 86 targets and he had 101 targets, if you give me somewhere from 80 to 100 targets in the same offense, I'll, I'll give you that. I, all I'll need from my tight end five receptions for 50 yards like give me that if you get a touchdown excellent like that's that's what i yeah yeah no exactly exactly so we're on the same page um well my tight end sleeper is cheaper than your tight end sleeper and he's going as the tight end 14 so uh basically uh, assuming that your league mates aren't drafting two tight ends he's going on drafting 12 um and that's that's Baltimore Ravens tight end Mark Andrews. Um, he's got a 12th round ADP, uh, 12 11, essentially a 13th round ADP. Um, like I said, he's he's gone off the board as as, as the tight end 14. 
Um, and and the reason I like him so much, this guy, he he was a tight end at Oklahoma. Uh, he played with with Baker Mayfield. He uh, he was drafted last year, um, but he wasn't even the first tight end drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens drafted uh, tight end Hayden Hurst in the first round last year, um, and then they swung back around and they took Mark Andrews in the later rounds. And um, Mark Andrews was the most productive tight end on on the Baltimore Ravens offense. Um, you know, this, this guy, I know we, we talked a lot about OJ Howard before and his, uh, 7.3, uh, air, air yards per target. Well, guess what? Mark Andrews was second only to Jordan or to OJ Howard with that seven point, uh, with a 7.3, uh, air yards per target. Um, actually OJ Howard has 7.4. Mark Andrews has 7.3. Well, you get my point, right? Yeah. Um, this guy's he's used down the field. He's, he's a field stretcher. Um, He's, I've, I've got, you know, uh, I've got, uh, what's his name? Lamar Jackson. Almost forgot the quarterback's name there. I got Lamar Jackson as, as my as my quarterback breakout. Um, and so, you know, you those two should go hand in hand. If you look at um, prior to Lamar Jackson's insertion into the, into the starting lineup, um, Mark Andrews was on pace for, 37 catches for 434 yards and four touchdowns. Um, if you look at his 16-game pace with Lamar Jackson in the starting lineup, that actually becomes 30 catches, so less catches, but it's 704 yards and two touchdowns. Right. Um, so the yardage output is is definitely awesome. Uh, he's, he this is a guy that averaged 16.2 yards per catch last year um, on 30 on 34 receptions. 552 yards, but in those games with Lamar Jackson, the starting quarterback, he's averaging 20, 23 yards a catch. Um, I obviously I, I don't I don't expect um, that number to to stay that high at 23 yards um, when you consider the, the additions the Ravens have made on the offensive side of the ball, with the receiver position, especially with Marquise Hollywood Brown and Miles um, Boykin, who's, who's been playing really well in camp. Um, so you know those two guys should assume whatever deep threat role this offense is looking for. But the way this offense, um, the sets that they run, you know, they run a lot of multiple tight end sets. Um, and Mark Andrews spends a lot of time uh, lined up at spots that aren't necessarily the tight end position. Um, and so he, the, the, his targets tend to be deeper down the field. And so if I'm anticipating that Lamar Jackson's going to make strides as a passer, then naturally I have to expect that Mark Andrews is going to take that same that same progression um, in his development as a, as a, as a pass catcher. Yes, yeah, that's, that's a solid pick. Uh, I think hit it right on the head again. Those numbers, uh, I think that kind of wraps up our, our tight end talk, man. Well, yeah, not so oh, fast, though, not man. Not so fast, friend? Yeah, not so fast. Not real so quick? fast. Yeah, brother, yeah, brother, you know, um, <laughs> like we said, man, this, this position, it's, it's – it's, it's either you, you get them early or you're going to wait till the end. And, and if we're waiting till the end, then we got to grab guys that it's all about the upside. Um, so some guys that one of the guys I have to talk about, and this is purely an upside play. And I, I, Greg, you're going to laugh at me for this one because I made this same move last year um, in, in the League of Extraordinary People. Um, 
And I know we talked about the Josh Gordon stuff, but <laughs> this one's a little bit different because this is this is more about bodily injury than it is about uh, about the, the what you consume in your He's body. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm talking about Jordan Reed. But but hear me out, right? Hear me out, hear me out. So Jordan Reed last year, um, so we talked about the top three tight ends, right? right? Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, George Kittle, well, my top three tight ends. um, But those guys, all 26% target share, right? Well, Jordan Reed, is the only tight end outside of those three that have even over 20% target mm. Um, And again, didn't play in a ton of games. I'll, I'll get the number for you right now. Um, but, you know, we're talking about a guy that when he's on the field, he's, he's the focal point of the offense. He's the best receiver that they have regardless of position. Um. So he's he's always going to be a target monster in that offense. The only issue with this guy is whether he can stay healthy, yeah, and that's completely understandable. Um, you know, what was it last year? I didn't even realize. Did you know that he even played thirteen games last oh, year? Oh wow, that's a, that's an outlier. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly had no idea that he even played this many games last year. Like gotta be like a career high. Yeah, it's gotta. Uh, um, yeah, it's gotta be. I think he played. <laughs> says he played fourteen in twenty fifteen. But yeah, that's uh right up there. Um, but you know, you look at those numbers in those thirteen games, and even if you take out the last, even if you take out the last game he played, uh, December 9th against the Giants, he must have got hurt because he literally has one target. Yeah, it says <laughs> he started in eight of those games. So yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, that must have been just like a personnel yeah. thing. But, you know, if you look at those those 12 games that he played in, um, you know, where he, he, he actually you know, had receptions, I'm not going to count that, you know, uh, 13th game against the Giants. But if you look at those 12 games, he had 54 catches for 558 yards and two touchdowns. All right. I would have put him on pace for 72 catches, 744 yards, and three touchdowns. That would have put him somewhere to about up the tight end eight or nine, okay. right? So like, this guy still got it. He can still play. It's just a matter of if he's going to play. Um, like yo, honestly, yo, I'm in shock. I feel bad. Uh, listeners probably like, yo, what the hell are these guys talking about? They're bringing up a tight end they didn't even know played 13 games last year. <laughs> this guy, this guy played 13 games. I'm in shock right now. That he even played that many games, but um, you know, if you're if you're gonna get that kind of level of, if you're gonna get the that those amount of games from Jordan Reed, then I'm gonna I'm gonna put him in my lineup if he's available. Um, you know, he's what we what we're gonna call the emergency glass at the end of the round. You know, all your league mates are picking tight ends, and um, you know, maybe you're in a 14 team league, or maybe you know, your league decided to take you know backups at the tight end position. Um, and, and you know you're you're completely SOL and you've got no other way to go. Then you know you got then you break the emergency class and you, you go get Jordan. Reed. Yeah, he's he's super talented. I mean, he's probably the ultimate lottery ticket for all the tight ends because if you know he gave you 13, but say he was to give you a full 16 game season or even 15 games, like that is an absolute steal from basically going undrafted. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and he's 
he's he's he's if he plays all sixteen games, he's gonna be the tight end. Yeah. Right. Like he's he's going to like look at these weeks, right? We talked about what we want from our tight ends, right? Four for forty eight and a touchdown, six for fifty five, four for sixty five, one for twenty one, five for thirty six, two for forty three, seven for thirty eight, four for thirty four, four for fifty one, seven for seventy one and a touch, six for seventy five, four for twenty one. Like I'll take yeah, that. Yeah, I'll take that. Like I'll I will take that from my title. Yep, and especially if he was okay. undrafted. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. So again, Jordan Reed, you know, don't expect him to make all sixteen games. But if you're if you're completely SOL, you got no other way to go. Then break that over to glass and go get Jordan yeah, Reed for sure. All right. Well, that that wraps up our tight end show. Um, but you know, here's this is the part that everyone everyone's excited for. Man. Um, the League of Extraordinary People. We got our draft coming up uh, on August fifteenth. Yeah. Everybody's ready to go. Everybody's excited. Uh, I think this is this is the, the most competitive that the year that the league has been um, in, in the six years I've been in it. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm ready. What about you? Yo, I'm, I'm I'm super hyped, y'all. I'm, I'm... Talking to everyone, trying to get my Wojnowski on, getting this like this mock draft going. Who, who's who's going to go one? I'm drafting seventh in this draft, so uh, I got a middle spot. I think Melvin Gordon is eager, kind of ruining my plans of getting that top <laughs> running back guy that I want. So uh, I'm, I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna see see what happens. Yeah, uh, I'm picking from the eleventh spot, so. Uh... You know, I, I'm on the end, which I like being on the end. Um, I would prefer if I'm going to be on the end, I would rather just be 12 and, and be 11 and, and, and have uh, and be sandwiched between those two people that are picking that, uh, you know, almost back to back. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'm fine for whatever spot I pick at. You know, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm excited, man. Let's do it. Let's, let's get this thing. Let's put this show on the yeah, coat. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we got a, we got a ton of new people in the league, which I, I think adds some um, some intrigue, right? Um, before we, you know, kind of easier with, with the same people, kind of figure out who's going to do what, what kind of tendencies people have. But um, this year, we you know we we added we added some people, and, and you know uh, they're pretty sharp in their own right. Uh, you know, Joe, he's a pretty good DFS player. Teddy was pretty good last year in DFS. Matt's always been pretty sharp um, in you know his fantasy football knowledge. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, this this draft's gonna be pretty interesting. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Uh, Joe Joe was in lab like every day, listening to podcasts, including this one, by the way. So yeah, she she's ready to go. We got some returning favorites. Oscar, the defending champion. You know, we got me, a former champion as well. You know, so. And then me, a never champion. Yeah, never champion. Yeah, 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 but you know, which is, yeah. I mean, I, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, nah, it's 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 gonna be exciting. I mean, it's gonna be exciting. Um, you know, I know that everyone is excited about it. Uh, it's 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 gonna be interesting, man. I know last year was kind of a shocker for me because you know, in this league, uh, everybody's always been taking quarterback early and I've you know as I mentioned before if you don't know by now I subscribe to the notion of taking quarterbacks late I will always take quarterbacks late I will try to wait as long as I physically can to wait to take a quarterback I won't even draft one if I unless I have to 
that's actually not true. Uh, I will draft one because I think we should all draft quarterbacks. But, um, you know, the last year was the first time that that didn't happen. And so this year I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm anticipating it for kind of last year. You know, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth, and that was me during the draft last year when no one was taking quarterbacks until round 10. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see, man. I'm picking from the 11th spot. I think it's intriguing because, you know, we switched to the four-point PPR league this year. So, um, it's interesting. It's going to see. It's going to be interesting to see how that kind of shifts the first round because I know a lot of people – are thinking the receiver a little bit earlier now than they than they would have been had we still been a, a half point PPR league. Um, I know you're picking at seven, so I know receivers on your board too. So, um, you know, me picking at eleven, it's it's kind of tough because you know, in, in a half point PPR league, I, I would probably be able to anticipate uh, a lot of these receivers kind of making it to me. But um, the fact that we're switching to full point PPR, I, I might I might be looking at some running backs at point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just in general, I guess tips before you know you go into draft. I think knowing if you know where your spot is, if you're gonna if you're in one of those leagues where they don't reveal the draft like 30 minutes before, do do some mocks, run some mocks, run as many mocks as you can throughout the day. Um, look at how your team looks when you draft that running back first, and look how your team looks when you draft that wide receiver first. So. so if you can get a feel for which team you like more and what draft strategy would be better. Yeah, um, it's, it's all about roster construction, right? So, you know, take a look at different at different um, team setups, right? Going wide receiver, wide receiver, running back, running back, or wide receiver, running back, or running back, wide receiver. And like Greg said, you know, see what your team looks like and, you know, see which ones you like best and, you know, see – which um which strategy kind of best fits your draft your draft style, but but most important um, is as fantasy owners we've got to be adaptable we've got to be um, fluid we've kind of got to be like water we've got to be able to pick the shape of anything um, of anything that we that that we come in contact with right so like you know we've got to we've got to adjust to the news we've got to adapt to the reports like even if even if um nothing has happened specifically to a player to move their ADP. Our our actual opinion on the player should still change with the ADP. Right? Because um whether we like the player or not, their ADP a hundred percent has everything to do with whether we want to draft them. Mm-hmm. Because I can sit here and say, well I'm never gonna draft but I'm sitting there in round 12 and Melvin Gordon's sitting there. Well, guess what? I'm going to draft Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Right? So while, the, while the, the player situation may not change, the ADP should have an impact on, the, on our decision-making process. And we should still be able to form an opinion on players um, regardless of, of you know, where we're picking just in case something, you know, a player we never anticipated makes it to us. Right? Like I have Kenny Galladay as my wide receiver bust, but you know if I'm sitting there in the, in the eighth round and guess what, Kenny Galladay fell to the eighth round. Marvin Jones, well, I'm going to take Kenny Galladay. You know, so um, we got to be fluid. We got to, we got to, you know, it's okay to have a plan, but don't, don't, you know, don't, that plan is never set. It's never etched in stone. It's, it's more like it's written in pencil. Yeah. If anything. Yeah, right? for sure. Uh, 
some last minute tips I have. Um, yeah, early rounds, go for those low risk players, go for the guys with the your the smallest range of outcomes, um, the safe guys. And um, yeah, just have fun. Uh, if you want, you could be like the League of Extraordinary People and throw a draft party. I like draft parties a lot. Uh, I think it helps the camaraderie with the league. Um, and yeah, rep your team, um, grill some burgers, drink some brews, have have it up. Yeah. Um, another another one of the tips I have is is kind of keep track of what the other teams in your league are doing between your picks. Um, you know, who's drafting quarterbacks, who's drafting running backs, who's drafting how many of them, um, what teams after what the teams after you need. Um, like if you pick, you know, back to back, like I'm picking at eleven, for example. I'm gonna see what the team, um, what the team at 12 is gonna do, uh, or what the team at 12 could potentially do before I make my pick at 11. Because, you know, if I'm looking at uh, three running backs and and, uh, and one wide receiver, um, and I have those three running backs ranked very closely, but that one wide receiver is ranked far and above the other wide receivers that are. Um, and I see that the, the player or the, the owner at 12 is going to pick, you know, back to back. They haven't they haven't picked a wide receiver yet. Well, I'm going to go and pick that wide receiver first and pick the one of the two. The, you know, so even if he takes those or if he or she takes those two of those three backs, I'm still left with the third who I still had in that same tier. Right. So I like to look at um, who the who the who the. The person after me could potentially take and allow that to uh, influence my decision making process a little bit between picks. Um, but yeah, draft party definitely recommend it if you don't do them. Mm-hmm. I understand that we all have the ability to do drafts um, online, but if you can get together with some friends or um, you can, you can, you can, if you can swing that, then I definitely recommend doing it. Even if you have to do it online, just you know, get a bunch of people together. It makes it more fun. Plus, it's a nice way to, uh, you know, basically, you know, I like to, you know, I'm gonna like to be offering all my league mates um, some beverages because they might be thirsty, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, if if that affects people's decision making process, then, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm not against. I don't it. remember water ever affecting my judgment. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> all right man so um yeah i don't know i guess with that being said brother, let's, let's let's wrap it up man um, i think i think we'll call call this one a success and uh, the draft preview everybody's getting ready for that draft um you know if, if you haven't listened to all the positional breakdowns go back and listen to them uh, if you haven't given us that five-star review or that rating and go back and do that um just you know Give us some feedback or leave us a rating on Stitcher or iTunes or Spotify, or whichever one you're listening to us on. But again, can't stress enough how much we really appreciate all you guys. Um, and uh, good luck in your dress. Yeah, good luck. We out.